Okay, brothers and sisters, praises be to our loving Father that we are gathered once again to study his words and his commands. Today we're going to study the book of Numbers chapter 28 and chapter 29. And we uh, gave the title of our study for today, The Patterns of Worship. Worship is at the core of our being. After all, we were created by God for the purpose of worship. Now, when we studied last Tuesday, uh, the answer to the question that was raised, how did the assembly of Yahusha come to be? We gave you the answer by telling you the history of this assembly began with the conviction of worship. You see, that's how the work of God begins. It begins with true worship. It begins with a conviction to worship him no matter what in spirit and in truth, that's the foundation. Without worship, there can be no growth. Without worship, there can be no development. Without worship, we cannot fulfill the purpose of our life and calling. And so we believe it is the foundation of our work together to center our life around true worship. It was the same way during the days of the Israelites. Take note, they're in the plains of Moab. They are preparing themselves to cross the Jordan and to occupy the promised land, to build a people together through the guidance of Yahuwah and, of course, the priests whom he has appointed and Joshua who would lead them. And so before they conquer the promised land and occupy the place, Yahuwah God reminds them about worship because in anything that Yahuwah God wants us to do, it begins with proper worship of his name. So what does Yahuwah God remind Moses to tell the people of Israel? Numbers 28, 1 to 2. Yahuwah said to Moses, give this command to the Israelites and say to them, see that you present to me at the appointed time the food for my offerings made by fire as an aroma pleasing to me. And so Yahuwah God reminds Moses concerning the commands that were given during the times of the, in Mount Sinai, during the, in which we studied in the book of Leviticus, we know about the worship that Yahuwah God has appointed in appointed times. And this was through the giving of offerings, because the worship during the days of Israel was offering based because it was pointing to the final and complete sacrifice, which would be who? Yahusha HaMashiach. So there was appointed times, feasts and festivals, and that was the center of worship. What was the purpose of the offerings that the people of Israel rendered to Yahuwah? It was an aroma that was pleasing to God. And so throughout the year, Yahuwah has appointed different days, different times, by which he is to be worshipped, to please him, and to glorify him. This is why in our study today, we're going to look at the different offerings that were given during these appointed times of worship. What was one kind of offering? Numbers 28, 3-6 say to the people, This is the special gift you must present to Yahuwah as your daily burnt offering. You must offer two one-year-old male lambs with no defects, sacrifice one lamb in the morning and the other in the evening. With each lamb, you must offer a grain offering of two quarts of, two quarts of choice flour mixed with one quart of pure oil of pr uh, pressed 
pressed olives. This is the regular burnt offering instituted at Mount Sinai as a special gift, a pleasing aroma to Yahuwah. What was one kind of offering? It was the daily burnt offering. This was done in the evening and also in the morning. And so throughout the day, when you look at the camp of Israel, you will see smoke coming out from the burners. You will see offerings being made. And so continuously, the fires of offering was lit in the camp of Israel. This tells us that worship is continuous day by day. Now, besides the daily burnt offering, what also was there? Numbers 28, 9 to 10, on the Sabbath day, make an offering of two lambs, a year old without defect, together with its drink offering, and a grain offering of two-tenths of an ephah, fine flour mixed with oil. This is the burnt offering for every Sabbath, in addition to the regular burnt offering and its drink offering. So we had the daily offering, right? Now we have the weekly Sabbath offering. So we have the daily, we have the weekly Sabbath. What do you think is going to come up next? Yeah? Well, let's find out. Numbers 28, 11. On the first day of each month, present an extra burnt offering to Yahuwah of two young bulls, one ram and one seven-year-old male lambs, all with no defects. And so we have also an offering that was given to Yahuwah God on the first day of each month. And so when we look at the offerings that was required by Yahuwah God throughout the year of worship, this is what we have. We have the daily offering, we have the weekly Sabbath, and we have the monthly new moon. Not only do we have the weekly, the daily, and the monthly, there were also special offerings given to Yahuwah God during the seven feasts or seven festivals of Yahuwah. We studied the festivals before, right? When they celebrated the various festivals of Yahuwah, they also were required to give certain sacrifices and offerings to Yahuwah our God. And so Numbers 28 and 29 describe the different offerings given during the Feast of Yahuwah. Now, we're not going to go into detail as far as what those different offerings are because we've already studied them in the past. And so we will just look at the principle and what Yahuwah God requires from us as we look at the religious festivals appointed by God during the times of the Old Testament. So we have the daily offering, the weekly Sabbath, the monthly new moon, followed by the Passover, right? The Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruits, the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost, because it takes place 50 days after the First Fruits Feast, Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and Feast of Tabernacles. And so what you can see here, based on the appointed time, different offerings were given to Yahuwah God. So throughout the year, what you see on the screen represents the program of worship. Take note, it was Yahuwah-centric. Every day, what did they do? They gave offerings to please Yahuwah. Once a week, what did they do? They did the same thing. Once a month, what did they do? They did the same thing. And there are seven special days throughout the year. And so all of it was centered to please Yahuwah, 
our God. So they had a year program for their worship, and it was centered around pleasing Yahuwah God through these various sacrifices and offerings. So when we look at the festivals of Yahuwah, not only is it a program for worship, we studied before that it's also a timeline for Yahusha's ministry. We discussed this in detail before. In summary, this is how it looks like. And so we have the different feasts together with the Sabbath, right? And when we studied this before, for example, the Sabbath, what was the appointed time for the Sabbath and what event took place in the ministry of Yahushua? Well, the Sabbath is every seventh day. And we know the purpose of the Sabbath. It points to Yahuwah God who created the heavens and the earth for six days. And the seventh is the day of rest. We know the purpose of Yahuwah God in creating the heavens and the earth. In John 1, 1, it is for who? For Yahushua HaMashiach. And so the ministry of Yahushua began when Yahuwah conceived of him as the Logos. He was the purpose of why God created all things in the first place. And this is evident in the Sabbath. And let's, next is the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of First Fruits, Feast of Weeks, or the Pentecost. And they all took place like together. The first, for example, the first three feasts, they all took place in the first month. The Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of First Fruits. And then 50 days later, the Feast of Weeks. And what does this correspond to? When we look at the ministry of Yahushua, he was following the timeline of these festivals concerning the major things that he did in his ministry. For example, on Passover day, he died. He was in the grave during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. He resurrected on the Feast of First Fruits. And after he went to heaven, he sent forth the Holy Spirit to give birth to his assembly. And so the ministry of Yahushua is following the timeline given by Yahuwah's festivals. This is evident in the first coming of Yahushua HaMashiach. And so he's in heaven, right? Up to this day, he is still in heaven. And there's a gap, not, not coincidentally, in the, in the feasts of Yahuwah. And so this gap represents perhaps the time that Yahusha is going to be in heaven. However, if we see the pattern of Yahusha's ministry following the timeline of the first four feasts, it could be possible that the next feast, the Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, Feast of Tabernacles, could also be a timeline that Yahusha will follow when he comes back again. Can we confirm that? Of course, we cannot. But if we look at the patterns, for example, the seventh month, wherein we find the Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and Feast of Tabernacles scheduled to take place. When we look at scripture, there are corresponding, corresponding events, events that seem to point to the second advent of Yahusha, for example, the Feast of Trumpets. Could it be that Yahusha takes his assembly to heaven on the Feast of Trumpets? Could it be that Yahusha becomes Israel's high priest on the Day of Atonement? Could it be that Yahusha establishes his millennial kingdom on the Feast of Tabernacles? We will have to find out 
And to find out, we have to wait. We cannot confirm at this time. You can only speculate. But when we look at the pattern of the first coming of Yahushua, his ministry followed the timeline of the festivals of Yahuwah. And so it could be possible that the second coming of Yahusha might also follow the timeline of the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. So the Feast of Yahuwah, we can say also describes a timeline for Yahusha's ministry. This year, 2021, when we look at our calendar, when are the various feasts of Yahuwah scheduled to take place? Well, the Passover, March 27, 2021. And this is now called Yahusha's Passover. We used to call this the Holy Supper. This is March 27, 2021. It's good that we can circle these dates on our calendars because these are dates that are important to Yahuwah God. It was important to him during the Old Testament time. And although we are not required ceremonially to observe these feasts and festivals, it is good nonetheless to know that these dates, these seasons are important to Yahuwah God. Following Passover, we have the Feast of Unleavened Bread, March 28th April, to April 3, 2021. The Feast, not Feast, the Feast of First Fruits, April 4, 2021. Feast of Weeks, May 23, 2021. Feast of Trumpets, September 7, 2021. Day of Atonement, September 16, 2021. The Feast of Tabernacles, September 21 to 28, 2021. And so if you were a Jewish person and the Old Testament is still applicable today in terms of ceremonial and the letter of the law, then we are going to follow this as a program for our worship. But we no longer belong to the Old Testament times. And so because we no longer belong to the, net, to the Old Testament times, what applies as far as these festivals are concerned? Let's read in the book of Colossians 2, 16 to 17. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. This is why we are no longer ceremonially required to fulfill the ceremonies that were assigned for those festival days because it was fulfilled once and for all by who? Yahushua, the Christ. You see, all of those festivals point to Yahushua, the shadow of things to come. But the reality is the Christ. And when the Christ came, and satisfied the law of Moses, including its numerous religious festivals and ceremonies. Our work now concerns how to please Yahusha the Christ. Does it mean we're going to disregard the festivals? Does it mean we're going to disregard the Old Testament teachings? No, because Yahusha said we are to observe, we are to respect the laws of God given by Moses. How so? This is what Apostle Paul explains in Romans 7 and the verses 6. But now we have been released from the law. We're no longer subject to the law because Yahushua satisfied the law and we are parts of Yahushua by virtue of our baptism into his body. For we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. 
Now we serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. And so even though we do not follow the letter of the law, the spirit or principle behind the law is still very much applicable in our hearts. So we follow the law of the spirit, the law that God has given us through Yahusha the Christ. This is why even if we will not follow the ceremonial rules associated with the feasts and festivals of Yahuwah, we find patterns of worship from these feasts and festivals, the Sabbath offerings, the weekly offerings, the daily offerings, and the monthly offerings together. They provide for us a pattern of worship. So the festivals of Yahuwah, it was a program for worship in the Old Testament. It's what they follow throughout the year. It also became a timeline for Yahusha's ministry and also a pattern of worship for today. And so we will look at that pattern because it's what we will adopt in our way of pleasing and deepening our relationship with Yahuwah our God. So when we look at the offering, right, the daily offering, weekly Sabbath, all the way to the Feast of Tabernacles, what pattern of worship can we find as principles from these offerings in the Old Testament? That's what we're going to do, and we will pattern our worship according to these patterns that we find in the Old Testament. So let's begin with daily offering. What is the pattern of worship concerning the daily offering given during the days of Moses? Romans 12 verse 1. So then, my friends, because of God's great mercy to us, I appeal to you. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. This is the true worship that you should offer. And so according to Apostle Paul, worship should not be thought as a once-in-a-week thing. Because sometimes when we think of worship, we think of the congregational worship, right? When, when it comes to biblical thinking, however, worship is more a way of life, not something we do once in a while. Yes, we have the ceremony of worship, but we also have real worship that is pleasing to God, that is a way of life. This is why this is the foundation of our worship. It's what we do day to day to day. Hence, the Bible says we need to dedicate ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. You see, if you're a living sacrifice to God, you are a sacrifice every single day, not just once a week, not just once a month, but every day we are to dedicate our life to him by seeking to pleasing, seeking to please him every time we breathe, and every time we are given the life to live. So that's the daily offering, dedication of our life to God every day as a living sacrifice. Well, how about the weekly Sabbath? We know the Sabbath ought to be recognized and is one of the Ten Commandments. And what is the principle behind the Sabbath? Because Yahusha said when he was here on earth, the Sabbath was made for man, not the other way around. In other words, we benefit from the Sabbath. In, in what way? In the book of Exodus 28 to 11, observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. You have six days in which to do your work, but the seventh day is a day of rest. How so? Dedicated to me. On that day, no, no one is to work, neither you, 
your children, your slaves, your animals, nor the foreigners who live in your country. In six days, I, Yahuwah, made the earth, the sky, the seas, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, I rested. That is why I, Yahuwah, blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. What is the principle behind a Sabbath day? It is the principle of rest. Yahuwah God is giving us a pattern. Bible says he worked for six days and on the seventh day he rested. What does that tell us about our life? We need to rest. It's good to work hard, but there's also a time to rest. We need physical rest, emotional rest. But the best way to find this rest, believe it or not, brethren, is not by going out to the mall. There's nothing wrong with going to the mall, right? There's nothing wrong with going to the beach. It can be restful. But when it comes to true rest, that will give rest deep within our souls is what kind of rest? The book of Psalm 62, 5 to 6. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. Brethren, the best way for us to receive the rest that our soul desperately needs because without rest, we are going to begin to fall apart physically, spiritually. The best way to find this rest is to find our rest in God alone. Make him our fortress. Make him our strong rock. And when we do that, we will feel that peace that surpasses all understanding. And we will find that rest. Not only can we find this rest in Yahuwah, we can also find it in whom? The book of Matthew 11, 28 to 30, come to me, all of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and put it on you and learn from me, because I'm gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest. For the yoke I will give you is easy, and the load I will put on you is light. And so we find rest in God. We also find rest in Yahushua. This is why when we gather together for worship, Every Saturday or Sunday, depending on where you are, when we meet for worship and we pour out our hearts, when we unload our burdens to Yahuwah God, to Yahushua HaMashiach, how do we feel? We feel good, don't we? We feel strong. This is why when you meet for worship and we glorify God and His Son together, after the worship service, if you don't feel stronger, if you don't feel comfort, then we wasted the worship, did we not? It may have not been true worship because true worship always results in rest. Rest for our souls, rest for our minds. We need that. And so weekly Sabbath, finding rest in Yahuwah and Yahushua through true worship. Now we have the monthly new moon. You have to keep in mind, brothers and sisters, the calendar that God uses is not based on the solar calendar. It's based on the moon, right? It's based on a lunar calendar. And the first day of the month is when two or more people as witnesses will see the first sign of the crescent of the moon. Now, there are different factors that kind of dictate whether or not it's visible to the naked eye. For example, it depends on how much pollution is out there and other factors and so it's very subjective and so when the crescent of the moon is seen 
someone will, will sound the trumpet. That is the sound of the new moon. And so every new moon, what would take place? In Numbers 10, verse 10, also on joyful occasions. Want to pause it for a while. You know, the Jewish people during the Old Testament times, whenever there's a new month, it was a celebration. It's like when we have New Year's celebration, right? We have New Year's celebration. We have a party. We make lots of noises. We, with the Jewish people, it wasn't just once a year. It was once every month. The new month, the new moon was very important to the Jewish people. So on joyful occasions at your new moon festivals and your other religious festivals, you are to blow the trumpets when you present your burnt offerings and your fellowship offerings. And I will help you. I am Yahuwah, your God. And so it was a happy occasion, a joyous occasion when you see the crescent of the new moon. Because for the Jewish people, it was a mark of a new beginning. How many here like new beginnings? We all want new beginnings. We all want a fresh start. The new moon provides an opportunity to get that fresh start, to get that new beginning. And so when they have new moons, what do they often do? In 1 Samuel 20, verse 5, David replied, tomorrow we celebrate. They celebrate it. They celebrate once a month. We celebrate the new moon festival. I've always eaten with the king on this occasion, but tomorrow I'll hide in the field and stay there until the evening of the third day. Jonathan said, tomorrow we celebrate the new moon festival. You will be missed when you, your place at the table is empty. And so when the Jewish people during the Old Testament times, when they celebrate the new moon festival, it's centered also around food. Notice that? Like the Filipinos? We like to eat. There was probably potluck. And so they ate food and they enjoyed themselves. It was a great festivity. Why? Because it represented the opportunity to make a recommitment to certain goals. And that's a good practice to have. And in the New Testament, Apostle Paul speaks about doing the same thing. The book of Philippians 3, 12 to 14, I do not claim that I have already succeeded or have already become perfect. We want to be perfect. That's what we want. But Apostle Paul, as great as he is, because we know about his accomplishments, even he himself says, I do not claim I have become perfect. That's our goal. We want to be perfect. But he says, I do not claim that. I keep striving to win the prize for which Christ Yahushua has already won me to himself. Of course, my friends, I really do not think that I have already won it. The one thing I do, however, is to forget what is behind me and do my best to reach what is ahead. So I run straight toward the goal in order to win the prize, which is God's call through Christ Yahushua to the life above. And so what does Apostle Paul remind all of us to do? In our journey as followers of Yahushua the Christ, we have to keep striving to win the prize, which is God's call through Christ Yahushua. How do we do this? Not by claiming that we are already perfect, but by constantly growing every day. Are we going to fail? Yes. But when we fail, we should not let failure be permanent. Learn from it. And then afterwards, Apostle Paul says, forget what is behind. Why? So that we can do our best to reach what is ahead. 
And so this is an opportunity for us that every time we fail, we can keep going, we can progress, we can keep getting better and ever and better every day, every week and every month. This is why the pattern of worship from the monthly new moon is a recommitment, recommitment towards spiritual growth and perfection. What is our goal? What do we want to learn? Because if we stop growing, when we stop learning, we're going backwards. We're not supposed to go backwards. We're supposed to go which direction? Forwards or upwards, right? And so this requires growth and recommitment towards our spiritual growth so that we can press onwards towards perfection. Next, we have the Passover. We all know about the Passover, right? During the Passover celebration, during the Old Testament, every household was to slaughter a lamb. And what were they to do with the blood? They were supposed to splatter the blood on the doorposts of their houses. Why? What was the purpose of this? In Exodus 12, 13 and 14, but the blood on your doorpost will serve as a sign, marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is a day to remember each year from generation to generation. You must celebrate it as a special festival to Yahuwah. This is a law for all time. This is important to Yahuwah God. What was the purpose of the blood on the doorposts of their homes? It was so that when Yahuwah God's plague of death will pass through, he will, you know, it will pass over the households of those who have blood on the doorpost. This is what happened in Egypt. The last plague which caused the death of the firstborn son, the wrath of God, passed over the people of Israel. This is why it is to be commemorated, to be remembered. Why is it called Passover? Now you know why, right? Because Yahuwah's wrath passed over the people of Israel because of the blood. During our time, the Christian era, is it, are we still doing that? Are we still slaughtering a lamb and then smearing the blood on top of the doorposts of our homes? We don't do that anymore. We do something else. Why don't we do it anymore? Corinthians 5 verse 7, Therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Why do we no longer spread the blood of a lamb on our doorposts? Because Yahusha became our Passover lamb when he died on the cross. By, his, by means of his death, we have been redeemed. And the wrath of God will pass over those who belong to Yahusha the Christ. And so what do we do on Passover day? Corinthians 11, 23 to 26. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Yahushua, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, 
in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so what do we do to honor the Passover? On the day of the Passover, Yahushua became the Passover lamb. And so on that day before he died, what did he establish? The supper. Many call it the last supper, right? We call it Yahushua's Passover. Why? What did he say his followers are to do so that we can remember his death and suffering? We are to take the bread and we are to take the cup, which contains the wine that represents his blood. And we are to eat from that bread and to drink from that wine. Do this in remembrance of me, Yahushua said. And this is what we're going to do. What's the date of our Yahushua's Passover again? March 27, 2021, which is the Passover date. And so we're going to remember the death and suffering of Yahushua the Christ. This is part, this is a big part, a core part of our worship during our time. And so we have the Passover, the pattern of worship we can get from that is remembering the love of Yahuwah. Because of Yahuwah's love, he sent his son to die, right? And to remember also the death and suffering of Yahusha, the Christ. And so that's the pattern of worship that we are to adopt. Now, how about the Feast of Unleavened Bread? And so the following day is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. What is to take place? What is the purpose of that? What pattern of worship can we glean from that? Let's read the book of Exodus 12, 18 to 19, the first month, on the 14th day of the month at, at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. For seven days, no leaven shall be found in your houses. Since, however, since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a stranger or a native of the land. So Yahuwah God is pretty strict about that on the day of unleavened bread you must not eat bread with leaven not only that there must be no leaven to be found in the houses why in the christian era during our time what does leaven represent corinthians 5 verse 7 you must remove the old leaven or the old yeast of sin so that you will be entirely pure then you will be like a new batch of dough without any yeast, as indeed I know you actually are. For our Passover festival is ready. Now that Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So to remove the leaven represents to us today to remove sin from our life. And so when we look at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it corresponds to this pattern of worship removing sin from our life. And so when we choose not to sin, when we say no to that temptation, because we know Yahuwah God forbids it, that is a form of worship. Remember, worship is a lifestyle. Worship is something we do every day. Every time we obey the will of God, we express a form of Worship. Now let's go to the feast of first fruits. What does that represent? What does that mean? Let's read the book of Leviticus 23, 9 to 12. And Yahuwah spoke to Moses, saying, 
speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land which I give you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf for the first fruits of your harvest to the priests. He shall wave the sheaf before Yahuwah to be accepted on your behalf. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And you shall offer on that day when you wave the sheaf, a male lamb of the first year without blemish as a burnt offering to Yahuwah. So what is the first fruits all about? This festival was unique in the, in a, in the sense that when Yahuwah God gave it to Moses to give to the people of Israel, this one was going to take place when they enter the promised land. Can you imagine the excitement of the people of Israel when they enter the promised land? Remember, uh, the people of Israel during that time, they farmed. They, that was their way of life. Agriculture, right? They planted, they harvested. And so they entered the promised land. What did they see? Opportunity. They're going to get a lot of harvests, right? And so when they enter the promised land, Yahuwah God tells them, before you get anything for yourself, right? You are to give the best produce. You are to give the first fruits to who? Yahuwah our God. And so that's a principle that applies even today. Yes, we don't follow the letter of the law. Because how can we, given our situation? But the spirit of the law still applies. What is that spirit? The book of Proverbs 3, 9 to 10. Honor Yahuwah by making him an offering from the best. From the best of all that your land produces, if you do, your barns will be filled with grain and you will have too much wine to store it all. And so when it comes to honoring Yahuwah God with the first fruits, it represents the best that our land will produce. In other words, when it comes to giving offering to God, it should not be the leftover. It should not be an afterthought. It should be something that we prepare and that we think about. In the Christian era, what is this? Representing the book of 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 8. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So what is a pattern of worship that come from the pattern that was shown even during the Old Testament times? It is the pattern of giving back. It is the pattern of becoming a generous giver. Apostle Paul in the Christian era, what does he instruct the followers of Yahushua to do? Each one should decide in his or her own heart how much to give. This is the principle of Christian giving. It's not giving by compulsion. It's not giving by pressure. It is giving from your heart so that you give cheerfully because God loves a cheerful giver. And what is the promise of Yahuwah God for those who give cheerfully? The Bible says you will always have everything that you need and plenty left over to share with others. And so the, the Feast of First Fruits represents 
a pattern of worship during our time concerning the Christian giving or the giving of offerings. How about the Feast of Weeks? 50 days later comes the Feast of Weeks, which is celebrated around the month of May. Now, it's called Pentecost because it's 50 days after, right? And so what significant event in the Christian era happened on the day of Pentecost? Acts 2, 1 down to 4, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so what significant event happened on the day of Pentecost? The Holy Spirit was sent by Yahushua, who was in heaven. It was sent by Yahushua to his assembly. This was the official birth of the assembly or the body of followers of Yahushua HaMashiach. This is why the day of Pentecost is significant to us as well. We are to remember the gifting of the Holy Spirit. Because you have to keep in mind, without the gifting of the Holy Spirit, our works are but mere rituals. But because of the Spirit, we have true fellowship with God and His Son. However, we need to know the purpose. Because... Yahuwah God and Yahushua HaMashiach, they don't do things haphazardly. They always have a purpose for everything done under the sun. And so when Yahushua gave them the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, what was its purpose? Let's go back to Acts 1, 4 to 5. And when they came together, he gave them this order. So Yahushua was still here on earth. He hasn't ascended yet. He's speaking to his disciples. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait Wait for the gift I told you about. The gift my father promised. John baptized with water, but in a few days, you'll, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so what was the purpose of Yahushua in giving them the Holy Spirit? It was the gift that was promised. And that gift was promised by Yahuwah, the father, and Yahushua, HaMashiach, because it would fulfill a purpose. What is that purpose? Well, Yahushua said to his disciples, do not yet leave in, do not yet leave Jerusalem, but wait first for the gift. And so on the day of Pentecost, 10 days after Yahushua spoke to them, on the day of Pentecost, when they received the Holy Spirit, what were they supposed to do? Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so what was the purpose of the gifting of the Holy Spirit? Why does Yahushua give this to his assembly? Because he wants us to do work. What is that work? It is the work of witnessing. Do you still remember the prophecy in Isaiah 43, 7? When we who come from the ends of the earth will be assembled together and to be called by the name that gives glory to Abba, the name of Yahushua. What is our work? It is to witness for Yahuwah, to witness for Yahushua. What does that mean? It's when we tell people all about Yahushua as the son of Yahuwah. 
so that they will be included in the kingdom that Yahushua has established. In other words, we have work to do. And what kind of dedication must, be, must we give to this work that is empowered by the Holy Spirit? In the book of Matthew 6, 31, 33, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So Yahushua is talking about priorities here. When it comes to our livelihood, we need to address certain concerns. For example, what are we going to eat? That's a basic need of humanity. Without food to eat, without water to drink, we're going to die. We need clothes to wear. We need shelter. We need all of that. However, Yahushua says our topmost priority, he says, seek first. Seek first. He did not say seek this or do this when you have the time. That will be the leftover part. No, he said, seek first. In other words, our utmost dedication, our best effort should be towards the kingdom and his righteousness. That's why we were given the Holy Spirit, because we have work to do. We are to expand the kingdom of Yahushua. We are to build the body of Christ. Are we doing that, brothers and sisters? Or maybe we are too busy building our own kingdom. What have we done lately? For the kingdom of Yahushua. In the past week, what have we done? We have many brethren who are doing so much. And we are so thankful. And I'm sure Yahuwah and Yahushua are pleased with them. They sacrifice so much in building the assembly of Yahushua. All of us should be like that. But what should we be doing? So that we can build up the body of Yahushua. The book of Ephesians 4, 11 to 12. It was he who gave gifts to People, what kind of gifts are these? These are not gifts gifts wrapped in ribbons and boxes. What kind of gift is this? It's a spiritual gift. What are examples of spiritual gifts? Gift of singing. Raise your hand if you have the gift of singing. Huh? Maybe, maybe you can sound off. Maybe you can give me a sample of your singing. You know, we have many brethren who have the gift of singing. And we're so happy because they're helping in so many ways so that we can progress in the quality of the hymns that we are using to praise Yahuwah God and Yahushua HaMashiach. But there are other ways that we can serve. There are other gifts that Yahushua has given us. Are we using them? You know, we're going to begin making many, many documentaries because in our work together, a lot of our way of communicating the gospel so that we can witness for Yahuwah and Yahusha involves video, right? And so if you have a talent, if you have a gift for making videos, we want to hear from you. We want to work together to produce different ways by which we can communicate the gospel of Yahusha. Verse 12, he did this to prepare all God's people for the work of Christian service. It should be all of us. All of us should be working together in order to build up the body of Christ under his control. All the different parts of the body fit together and the whole body is held together by every joint with which it is provided. 
So when each separate part works as it should, the whole body grows and builds itself up through love. What's the purpose of Yahusha in giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit? It is to build up the body of Christ. But when and only when will the body be built up? When every separate part works as it should. For example, if our gift is to sing hymns, we should be involved in doing that. Yahuwah gave us these gifts for a purpose. If we will not use these gifts, what are we going to say to our king? Oh, I did not have time. I'm sorry. Brothers and sisters, if you are interested in singing hymns that we can use for the worship service, we have an awesome opportunity to do that. Nowadays, because of COVID, it has forced all of us to look at different ways by which we can prepare hymns. Now we can have a virtual choir. And so if you have the gift of singing, let us know through, you can write us a letter, info at assemblyofyahusha.org if you want to participate. And we will give you a link so that you can record your voice. And then your voice will put together to have a choir, a powerful choir by which we can offer praise to Yahuwah God and Yahusha HaMashiach. These are but just the beginnings. We have so much more that we plan to do. Works based from the gifts that Yahusha has given his people. So it is our whole brethren that we will work together so that we can build up the body of Christ. And so that's the Feast of Weeks. It corresponds to building up the body of Christ through spiritual works. Well, how about the Feast of Trumpets? Joel 2 verse 1, blow the trumpet, sound the alarm on Zion, God's sacred hill, tremble people of Judah. The day of Yahuwah is coming soon. What was one of the purposes of the trumpets? It is to alert the people of God that there's danger. Also to alert the people of God that Yahuwah and his day is coming soon, that he will soon send his son, Yahusha HaMashiach. And so as a people of God, as members of the assembly of Yahusha, what should be our response? Let's read the book of Matthew 24, 42, 44. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. And so what does it mean? For us to be ready to look forward to the, to the advent, to the coming of Yahusha. We have to keep watch. That's a term that's been used all the time in the Holy Scriptures. The question is, are we watching? Are we watching for the return of our king? Are we excited for the return of our king? You know, during our time, have you heard of something called Amazon Prime? Right? You order something on Amazon as a prime delivery. What do they give you after you place your order? A tracking number, right? And so when you look at your tracking number and you look at how it's monitored and it says out for delivery, what are you going to do? You're going to go outside. You're going to check the doors, right? You're watching at that point. You're watching for the delivery of your package. You're excited. It's going to come soon. Brethren, are we excited that Yahushua is coming? Are we watching for him? Are we always ready for his appearing? Are we 
so ready for his appearing? Are we so excited? We're not distracted by anything else? Yahushua says the one who will be found worthy is the one who watches, the one who loves his appearing, who is a good example. 2 Timothy 4, 6-8, ask for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing, according to Apostle Paul, who are those who watch for Yahushua's return. They eagerly look forward to his appearing, who is a good example, Apostle Paul. And this is why he did not mind having to die for the sake of Yahushua. Because he knows if he were to die because of his service to Yahushua, he has finished the race. This is what we need to do. We need to finish our race. We need to remain faithful. We need to fight the good fight. And if we are like Apostle Paul and we are watchful, we are always ready because we are looking forward to the appearing of Yahushua. When that trumpet sounds, what will happen to us? Let's read the book of Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And so if we look forward to the appearing of Yahushua, because we are watching for him when he appears, when the trumpet call of God sounds, what will happen to us? Bible says we're going to defy gravity. <laughs> we're going to meet Yahusha in the air. This is called in Greek, the harpazo. It is a forceful taking, a taking, a harpazo, so that we, even though we are on earth, will be taken to meet Yahusha in the air. Can't wait for that to happen. It will happen for those who look forward to his appearing. And so the Feast of Trumpets, a pattern of worship is that we are always watchful, meaning we are always ready for the appearing of Yahushua. What is next? It's the Day of Atonement. We only have two left, brethren. Please bear with us. The Day of Atonement, what was its purpose? Leviticus 23, on exactly the 10th day of the seventh month, it's the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you, and you shall be, and you shall humble your souls and present an offering of by fire to Yahuwah. You shall not do any work on this same day, for it is a day of atonement to make atonement on your behalf before Yahuwah your God. If there is any person who will not humble himself on this same day, he shall be cut off from his people. And so there, there should be a period in our life, in our time, when we humble our souls. When is that time? What should we do? What does that mean? Why should we humble our souls? The Bible says he shall be cut off from his people when he doesn't do that. What does it mean that we have to humble ourselves? The book of Romans 2, 4 to 5 this is the pattern of worship that should be evident in our life in the Christian era. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, 
and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. Brothers and sisters, as people of God, although we have received the commands and we have received the power of the Spirit, none of us are perfect. We commit sin, right? But when a person, when we, who are the people of God, commit sin, when at that moment we commit sin, do we hear a thunderous response from heaven? Do we get hit by a bolt of lightning or something? Does something bad all of a sudden happen right away? None of that happens, right? And so perhaps we are tempted to think that God tolerates wickedness. That maybe, hey, it's okay for you to sin because after all, Yahusha died for you. Apostle Paul says, no, do not abuse the grace of God. In fact, Apostle Paul says, why do you show contempt? For the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience. Is it true that Yahuwah God is kind? Oh, yeah. Is he tolerant? Yeah. Is he patient? Yes. But don't abuse it. Why? What is the purpose of God's kindness? It is to lead us toward repentance. But you know, we will not repent unless we humble ourselves. And so what do we need to do? James 4, 8 to 10. Come close to God. And God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter. And gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And he will lift you up in honor. Brothers and sisters, so that we do not end up abusing the kindness and grace of God. What do we need to do? Let there be tears for the sins that we are guilty of. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. This is why Yahushua says, blessed are those who mourn. We need to mourn the sins that we are guilty of. In other words, we need to have a change of heart. We need to feel the pain of our sin so that we will be able to make the changes in our life. Why does Yahuwah God want us to show, to show repentance? Why does he want us to show tears of sadness because of our sins? Because Yahuwah God wants to be close to us. In actuality, brethren, this passage is an invitation. Did you notice that? This is an invitation that Yahuwah God is giving to all of us. He's telling us, come to God. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Yahuwah God wants to be close to us, but before he can do that, we need to first cleanse ourselves. This is why he wants us to get rid of sin in our life. He wants us to repent because he wants to be close to us. Do we want to be close to our God, brethren? If we do, we need to take repentance, repentance seriously. It's part of our worship experience because none of us are perfect. And so the Day of Atonement corresponds to a pattern of worship depicted by self-examination, reflection that lead to repentance. And lastly, the Feast of Tabernacles. Because when we repent from our sin, the Bible says he will lift us up. And when we feel the forgiveness of Yahuwah God, we feel a certain emotion. What is that? 
what should characterize by far the followers of Yahuwah and Yahusha? Do you want to know what that is? You might be surprised by what we will uncover next. Not many people, not many people associate this with worship. Not many people associate this with being a follower of Yahuwah and a follower of Yahusha. But in no uncertain terms, the true worshipers and followers of Yahusha, this is what they depict. And it was depicted long ago when the Feast of Tabernacles was given. You know what that is? You know what should be the supreme emotion of people who are in the, celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles? Deuteronomy 16, 13, and 15. Celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days after you have gathered the produce of your threshing floor and your wine press. Be joyful at your feast. You, your sons and daughters, your men servants and maidservants, the Levites, the aliens, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your towns. For seven days, celebrate the feast of Yahuwah your God at the place Yahuwah will choose. For Yahuwah your God will bless you in all your harvest and in all the work of your hands. And your joy will be complete. Out of all the festivals, this was the most joyous one. And it's reserved for the last one. And it's a long one. How many days? Seven days, right? This was exciting because during the Feast of Tabernacles, the people of Israel would go to Jerusalem and they would set up tents all around the city. And people get to visit each other's tents, right? Oh, what food do you have? Oh, this is what we have. And they had uh, dancing. This is wholesome dancing, okay? And they had lots of festivities. They celebrated. And the one command Yahuwah gives to his people on that, on, on that feast day, you have to have joy. You have to have joy. And so when people think that when we worship Yahuwah God, he doesn't want us to have happiness and joy, they don't know. They don't know the scriptures. True worship, true worship results in joy. God wants us to be filled with joy. Because if we don't live a life of joy, we're killing. We're killing our witnessing. We're supposed to witness for Yahuwah God and Yahusha Christ. And then our life is so miserable. No, that's not the way to do it. It should be filled with joy. This is what he wants. This is why Apostle Paul gave the following instruction in Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. Always be joyful. Always keep on praying. No matter what happens, always be thankful. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ, Yahusha. And so this should be our mindset every single day of our life. Doesn't matter what the circumstances may be. Yes, we have COVID-19. Yes, we have people losing their jobs. Yes, we have natural disasters. Yes, we have threats of political unrest. We have so many bad news, a stream of bad news from the television every day. It doesn't matter. Because it doesn't erase the fact that we belong to Yahushua Christ. And because we belong to Yahushua Christ, we can live a life filled with joy. We can always be joyful. We cannot say the same thing for every person on earth. But for those who belong to Yahushua, it's expected. We ought to. We must always be joyful. Always. How can you do that, brother? How can you do that, sister? Does it mean we should not cry? We should be crying. There's a time to cry. There's a time to laugh. But the truth is, you can still have joy 
even in the midst of tears. Why? Why is that? John 15, 4, 9 to 11. Live in me and I will live in you. Who's speaking there? Yahusha. Yahusha says, live in me and I will live in you. A branch cannot produce any fruit by itself. It has to stay attached to the vine. In the same way, you cannot produce fruit unless you live in me. I have loved you the same way the Father has loved me. So live in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will live in my love. I have obeyed my Father's commandments. And in that way, I live in his love. I have told you this so that you will be as joyful as I am. And your joy will be complete. Many people, when they think of Yahusha, they don't see him as being joyful. Then we got it wrong. The Bible speaks of Yahusha being a joyful person. Why? Because of the love he has from his father. But the good news is that love is also what we have. However, for us to receive this kind of joy, we need to let Yahusha live in us. This is why when it comes to happiness and joy in life, it's not about what happens to you, right? It's about, what am I going to say? It's about who is in you. If Yahusha is in you, it doesn't matter what happens to you. You can have that joy. As a matter of fact, Yahusha says, you can be as joyful as I am. Your joy will be complete. And so a true Christian, a true follower of Yahusha is characterized by deep joy. Deep joy that is not drowned by negative circumstances in his life. And so these are the offerings during the different appointed times that Yahuwah mentioned, right? And from these offerings, we find these patterns of worship. And we need to follow these patterns of worship. Hopefully, we have taken down notes because this is what we ought to be doing every day, these patterns of worship. This is not once a week, once a month, but every day. Because in Yahusha, it is every day, right? And so we need to practice this as part of who we are. And I really love that last part. Be joyful by letting Yahusha live in you. How can we make sure Yahusha lives in us? Let's read one more passage before we pray, brothers and sisters. In the book of Revelation 3, 20 to 21, look, Yahusha says, I have been standing at the door and I am constantly knocking. If anyone hears me calling him and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. I will let everyone who conquers sit beside me on my throne just as I took my place with my father on his throne when I had conquered. This is beautiful and very hopeful statement from Yahusha. You see, sometimes when things go wrong in our life, because we don't have complete control of the events in our life, there are things beyond our control, circumstances negative, 
hurtful circumstances beyond our control. And when they happen, what we want you to do, brothers and sisters, maybe one day, God forbid, maybe we'll get sick, maybe we'll have bad news. But at that point of desperation, there's something we want you to do, brethren. Listen. Listen for that knock that comes from Yahushua. Because we belong to him. And he knows when we will need him the most. And during times of adversity. Because he knows we need him the most. He will knock on the doors of our hearts. Listen for that knock. Because he wants to help us. How so? Yahushua says, if anyone hears me. Calling him. And he opens the door. Yahushua says, I will come in. And fellowship with him and he with me. When you have fellowship with Yahushua. Whatever that was that you experienced, whatever that problem was, you will conquer it. And that's what Yahushua wants you to do. He wants you to conquer. Why? Because he wants you to sit beside him on his throne. You see, when we were baptized into Yahushua's body, he has taken ownership of us. We belong to him now. And he loves every single one of us. He will never forsake us. He will never leave us be. He'll be there for us. We need to just let him in. And when we let him in, when we let Yahusha be in every part of our life, we will be able to do that, which is impossible. And in the end, when he comes back, he will take us to where he is. And he says, we will sit beside him on his throne. This is the crowning glory of those who learn to truly worship Abba and his beloved son. Let us stand, brethren, and we shall pray together. Everlasting Father. Yes. Almighty Yahuwah, our God. Amen. Thank you so much. Yes, Father. Because you have provided your beloved son. By sending him that he might die. Amen. That we might be forgiven. Yes, and be your sons and daughters. Amen. Thank you for we feel your loving concern. Yes, we can never doubt your love. Yes. We can never doubt your great concern. Yes. Because you have given up someone very dear to you. Amen. Even though we were undeserving. Amen. Yahushua, our king. Yes, Lord. The laws and the commands point to you. Yes, O Lord. You are the source of our love. Yes, O Lord. We are truly blessed because we realize we are actually never alone. Yes, Lord. During times of great testing in our life. Yes, Lord. Please teach us to listen to your knock. Yes. And open, help us to open that door for you. Yes, Lord. So that you can fellowship with us. Amen. Be with us all the more. Amen. We need you. Do not leave us. Yes. Life can be very tough. Yes. But as you have conquered. So can we. Yes. Not because we're good. Not because we're strong. But because you are in us. Yes. And so please teach us to live. 
with you always in us, yes. that we may have your joy, yes. your joy, which is complete, your joy, which is true and shining, yes. even in the midst of great suffering. Amen. Please remember your servants now. Yes. Visit our hearts and strengthen us. Yes. Heal your servants who are sick. Yes. Grant us the peace that we need. Amen. Father, thank you so much for listening to our prayers. Yes. For blessing your people always. Yes. We ask everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.